Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Brian Feely, Vice President at Current Consulting Group, about the use of oral fluid drug testing in workplaces. This episode is sponsored by Orisher Technologies. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Brian Feely, Vice President at Current Consulting Group. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you, Jay. Uh, before we get to the topic at hand, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been in the diagnostics field for about 30 years and uh, specialize in in mostly oral fluid drug testing and uh, was with Orishore Technologies for 26 years. And, and now I'm presently with Current Consulting Group, where we provide consulting services um, as well as some compliance related services to the drug and alcohol testing industry. And, um, you know, largely we help people with their programs. We help uh, third party administrators and, and resellers grow their businesses and then end users with things like state laws and uh, compliance testing and things of that nature. Uh, so I was wondering if you could tell me what is oral fluid drug testing and what are some of the main advantages of it? Sure. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, I was with Aura Shore Technologies for 26 years, and I do want to thank them for for helping to sponsor this. They've been playing a leadership role in oral fluid drug testing now for, for many, many years, um, which really helps organizations and even our communities to realize, you know, kind of the serious issues associated with substance abuse, particularly in the workplace. Um, so oral fluid testing really is, uh, and the term saliva and oral fluid testing are kind of used intermittently uh, together. Um, really, you're testing for the presence of drugs or other things like HIV or nicotine, um, et cetera, in an oral fluid sample. And the reason we can do that is because um, saliva or oral fluid is kind of like a filtrate of your blood. What's in your bloodstream comes into your oral fluid cavity and into your, therefore, into your saliva. Um, so it's really like sort of like a blood test without having to draw blood. Um, typically, things appear in, in the saliva within minutes from the time that they were used. Um, we're typically detecting the parent drug. For example, with marijuana, it's really good at detecting the parent THC drug, which is the psychoactive form of the drug, and that's becoming important in today's markets. Um, and, you know, oral fluid testing is done pretty, pretty easily. The a device is placed into the donor's mouth, um, usually has a pad on it, um, doesn't necessarily have to, though. You can spit into a vial, and, and there are some methods that, that do it that way. But typically, the device is placed in someone's mouth. They collect an oral fluid sample for a given amount of time. Um, that goes into a vial, and um, that vial is sealed and sent to a lab for lab-based testing, just like a urine specimen would. Um, there are also rapid oral fluid tests that can be done right on site. So you collect an oral fluid sample, it goes into a device, um, kind of like a home pregnancy test. Um, and, you know, you get a line on the device, which tells you um, yes or no in terms of the possible presence of the drug. So it's very quick, easy to do, and um, all the collections are directly observed, which we'll talk about in a minute, provides kind of a, a unique advantage to oral fluids. Uh, how does oral fluid drug testing compare to urine analysis? Um, you know, they're they're quite different, and um, some of the reasons include the fact that you can really do it anytime, anywhere. Um, there's no need for a bathroom. Um, as long as you've got the device, you've got a space, clean space to do it, and your donor, um, the oral fluid sample can be collected. 
Um, it's also really hard to adulterate or subvert an oral fluid sample. Um, as some people may have experienced in, with urine analysis, it can be beat fairly easily if you do a little bit of homework. Mm -hmm. um, now today, oral fluid is, is very legally defensible. Um, it's been added to the HHS guidelines and to the DOT guidelines, so it's, it's very well accepted. Um, and one of the unique features of oral fluid is that it picks up very recent use. So what's in someone's system now versus what they may have done two weeks ago or a week ago. So it's a really good indicator of recent use, which is also becoming important in today's markets. Um, and because of the nature of oral fluid being able to be collected anytime, anywhere, it really does help also with saving an employee or prospective employee's time away from work or time away from other things they need to be doing. So it's a time saver in addition to all those other things. Um, urine testing um, has been the gold standard for many, many years, and it has a long history of use, um, you know, highly available in many um, laboratories, um, is approved in all states and is DOT approved as well. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, it is subject to adulteration or subversion. If you just go on, you know, pastyoururinetest.com or pastmyptest.com, you'll find literally hundreds of thousands of hits on ways to beat your urine drug screen. Um, so, so that's an issue. Um, it's also difficult to do observed collections, um, whereas I said with oral fluid, every collection is directly observed and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. the gender of the person. Um, so, you know, urine is subject to some of those gender issues. Um, and it's also subject to something called shy bladder, right? So someone that says they can't go to the bathroom. Right, right. Uh, ha happens all the time. So then they're sitting around the collection site waiting to give a sample and typically they're offered water, which further dilutes things out that you might be looking to detect. So that can be an issue. Um, and urine is not really good for very recent use. What someone did in the last couple of hours, um, it takes metabolites somewhere between four and six, even longer in some cases, hours for the metabolite to show up in the urine, which is what you're testing for. So those are some of the, the sort of pros and cons and differences of oral fluid in urine. How widespread is uh, oral fluid testing um, right now? Uh, that's a good question. So it's it's right now uh, probably used in about 10 to 15 percent of the market. If you looked at the workplace market, um, and so um, you know it is used in other areas like criminal justice and drug treatment. But in terms of the workplace market, it's really now gaining more and more momentum. And and some predictions include um, the fact that urine testing is is already is already dropping off oral fluid testing is now picking up and because of the dot finalizing its guidelines which we'll talk about in a second more and more interest is coming about for oral fluid testing because that means that you can do it for all the modes of transportation right airlines trains pipeline um, fra all the things that fall under dot so that's driving more and more interest uh, in oral fluid and more of the market will get converted we could see as much as you know 50% oral fluid um, in the next you know three to five years, maybe even more. Hmm. Um, how can uh, oral fluid drug testing impact workplace safety in a positive way? Yeah, so typically you don't think of a, a matrix uh, type of a sample, um, 
you know, the fact just that you do drug testing is the thing that people typically will relate to a safer workplace. But, but oral fluid can actually help with improved workplace safety in a couple different ways. One of them being this issue that I mentioned before of the ease and convenience of doing an oral fluid collection, right? Almost anytime, anywhere it can be done. So it speeds up the collection. It reduces those wait times and people are away from work. Um, it eliminates the, the issue with observed collections. And overall, when you combine those things, um, the speed, the convenience, the collection, it, it can enhance the compliance of a testing program, meaning that they're more likely to do the testing and see it through and get it done. And when you're doing more testing and seeing it through, that basically leads to a safer workplace. Um, the other thing that I mentioned with it being tied to recent drug use, when you're detecting recent, very recent drug use in an individual, those are the individuals who are typically going to be the most at risk in your workplace, right? If somebody can't abstain from doing a drug before they come into work in the morning or even going out at lunch and you know smoking some pot or, or doing some substances, they come back into the workplace, those are the ones at the highest risk, right? So oral fluids ability to pick that up right there and then is a huge, uh, has a huge impact on, on the ability to detect drugs right there and then, which can lead to greater workplace safety. Um, and then another thing really ties to the, the fact that it's very difficult to subvert or adulterate. I mentioned this mm. before, but if someone knows how to beat their drug test and they're getting hired to come onto your job site, because they knew how to study for the test, and and you know now you have a substance abuse user in the workplace, that's going to lead to a greater risk and the greater chance for things like incidents and accidents to occur in the workplace. Um, when you're using oral fluid, um, it has that element of surprise. People don't always expect an oral fluid test. They think they're going to get urine tested. They come in, and um, you know, lo and behold, it's an oral fluid test that they really don't know how to beat. So they could walk out at that point and move on to another place that doesn't do drug testing um, or go through with the test with oral fluid and, and you know, the employer is going to catch them. So um, that's a, just another way to that it does improve workplace safety. Yeah, pr pretty hard to cheat when you're sitting right in front of the person taking the exactly. test, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, now, why is the uh, DOT, you mentioned the DOT earlier, uh, they, they, re they approved a laboratory-based oral fluid drug testing, and when will it be available for DOT testing? Right. So the DOT um, has been talking about adding oral fluid to their guidelines for many, many years now. Those of us in the industry have been waiting with bated breath for, for it to happen. Um, they, they also tend to piggyback off of HHS, right? The Health and Human Services Division called SAMHSA um, in, in the United States. And SAMHSA issued their oral fluid guidelines back in 2019. And since then, the DOT, and just to back up, so SAMHSA, HHS means that you can use it for federal employees, right? The DOT is all of the, all of the Department of Transportation employees. So back in 2019, when SAMHSA issued their guidelines, the DOT went to work to take those guidelines and combine them with some of their own language and their own things that are unique to DOT to come out with their set of guidelines. Um, and they did it for all of the reasons that um, people have come to learn and, and like oral fluids, such as the versatility and detection, the recent use aspect that I mentioned. They see that as a benefit in being able to identify those high-risk individuals um, it also helps individuals who really do have some issues providing a urine sample. There is a condition um, that that uh, does relate to that. And so the fact that they could offer an oral fluid test as a solution to that problem is important. And the DOT called it out. 
Um, they called out things like, you know, cost benefits that could be um, found by using oral fluid testing by, you know, the time away from work and not having to send both an employee and a supervisor to do a collection, for example. Um, that's, that's time and money. Um, and then the other thing they called out was this issue of invalid tests. So when a test doesn't fall, uh, or a sample result doesn't fall within the right uh, types of results that are expected, um, they call it maybe a dilute, for example, or there was there was an adulterant that was found, a nitrite or some sort of material that wasn't supposed to be there. That gets flagged as an invalid test, and that then has to be either repeated if the employer allows for that, or it puts the puts the the subject under um, possibility of of calling being that being called a refusal, which they can actually lose their job over or you know be put on probation. So the invalid test piece goes away with oral fluids. So the DOT likes that and they like the overall um, aspect of being able to finally have something for, for their constituents to use beyond just urine because it's been 30 plus years that urine was the only way to go. And uh, so this, this, these are the reasons that, um, some of the reasons they added it. Now, in terms of when it is available, so the rule went into effect June 1st of this year, 2023. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody was is necessarily ready for it because under those guidelines there are a number of things that laboratories have to do, manufacturers have to do to come up with a device that's compliant with those guidelines. Um, there's inspections that have to be done, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially, the, what we really need are two laboratories that that become certified by HHS to do oral fluid testing. Um, once those two labs are certified, and the reason it's two is because you always need a backup lab or a reference lab, right? So if you have somebody that gets a positive result, they they always, an employee has the ability to challenge that and say they want their sample sent to an alternative lab. Um, this, this doesn't necessarily always happen in the non-regulated market, but in DOT and regulated markets, um, there has to be that option of a second lab. So um, when will those two labs be certified? It's anybody's guess, it probably will take um, you know, we, we, we're unlikely to see it in 2023, but I would imagine in 2024, um, maybe maybe a little sooner, but likely early 2024, um, two laboratories will be certified and then uh, DOT testing can take place. Now, it also does um, require collectors that are um, that know how to do these collections. So the, mm. the collection collector market is full of people that have done urine collections for years. They need to be trained and certified on the oral fluid collection protocol as well. So we need the labs, we need the device that gets certified with the lab, at the laboratories, and then we need the collectors to be trained, and then uh, that can happen. Um, the good news is we're a lot further along now that the guidelines are out and everybody knows what they need to do, um, and uh, so that's all good. So just a bit of a ramp up period. Exactly. Uh, call it an implementation period. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, Brian, anything else to add? Um, yeah, so I would add that, you know, oral fluid testing has been used for, gosh, 25 years now across a variety of markets, um, non-regulated workplace, of course, outside of DOT and federal. Uh, but that includes every, all of your non-regulated businesses, manufacturers, retailers, um, even school testing, um, you know, hospitality, hotels, motels, convention centers, you name it. So a, a lot of them have been doing uh, oral fluid testing now for many years. And it's also been pretty 
um, widely used in things like drug treatment and criminal justice, um, and even in some cases, law enforcement. So uh, the bottom line is, well, the regulated markets are going to take a little longer. The DOT and two laboratories getting certified will take a little longer. Um, it's, you know, free and clear to use in the non-regulated market. It's been going on for 25 years, as I said, and many organizations have really uh, experienced the benefits uh, of oral fluid testing that we've talked about here today in this podcast, um, including saving money. And, and, you know, everybody likes to, everybody likes to save money, right? That's right. So, Well, sounds like it's got a, you know, pretty bright future in terms of, uh, you know, becoming more widespread uh, throughout the industry. Yeah, it really does. It, it'll become a, a major uh, type of testing. Um, and, um, you know, hair, hair testing is another one that's coming coming along. That's the probably will be the next sample type to uh, go through the approval process. And um, that really provides another great tool for um, for the industry because, you know, hair testing is an even longer window of detection than than um, urine. So what did someone do two months ago or three months ago? Right. So if you're really looking for abstinence and, you know, almost uh, what you might call zero tolerance, um, uh, in, a, in a workplace setting, which some settings do do like that. Um, when hair testing is eventually approved, you'll have everything through the continuum of oral fluid, very recent use to urine in the middle and hair testing way out at the back end. Um, but if people are interested in oral fluid testing, um, I'll have to give a shout out to Orshore Technologies, um, you know, connect with them and, and I'm sure they'll put you in touch with the right uh, sales folks to talk to you about how you might be able to implement an oral fluid drug testing program. Well, Brian, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Oh, my pleasure. All right. That wraps up episode 163 of EHS on tap. Thanks again to Orishore Technologies for sponsoring the episode. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening and I hope to join me next time. Mm-hmm.